0: That was so much more guilt as I'm wanting to, quote, forsake the assembly, because I'm like, you are not, like, this is not what I need.
1: And I feel like now that I've embraced who I am, I feel like the church, even if I wanted to go back to the church, probably wouldn't have me back. The risk
2: of agenda-driven love is very high. And that's not what you need, and that's not what you deserve.
3: I think this might actually be okay, and I think God might actually not be mad at me about this, because I think this might be my way to God.
4: This is the airing of Grief. Conversations and correspondence about spiritual D de- and re-construction. Season 2. Episode 9, The Outside Body
2: Hello, this is... Hey, it's Derek. Hi, Derek. Hey, how are you? I am doing really well, thank you. Good, thank you so much for making a few minutes of chat. Yeah, no problem
3: at all. Hi. Hi. Yes, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Doing great. Good, cool. Well, I'm pretty new at these calls, so haven't used Skype in like eight years. <laughs> yeah, yes, right. I know. Now that Apple has taken over the world, it's pretty much FaceTime for everything. So, right. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um. So, uh, we have a we have about ten minutes, and I would just love to hear your story.
1: Of course. Yeah. So, um, I guess to start, I'm uh, I'm transgender. I'm a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I used to be, I grew up in the church, um, went to Christian schools, went to church basically as long as I couldn't even remember. Um, And what part of the country did you grow grow up in? um, I grew up in the Midwest in Missouri. I actually went to high school with your producer, Jamie. Um, Oh! Yeah, Amazing. um, I actually know about this through her. I'm sorry, I've never actually listened to your music. Oh no, that's so the best. No, no, that's the per-
2: it's perfect. It's perfect.
1: Okay, yeah. So um, I'm sorry. So continue. So I kind of grew
2: up in that and in, in kind of mm-hmm. in that world. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of the same environment that that I'm sure Jamie has talked about before as well. Yeah.
3: I'm curious about um, a couple of things, just not only what your experience has been and what led you to want to reach out and um, have a conversation with one of us, but then mm-hmm. also kind of how you found us if you were a listener to the first yeah. season, um, if you've been a fan of Derek's for a while. So those mm-hmm. two things, like intersection of what you, how you got to us and then what your experience has been.
0: Yeah, totally. So I actually... Um... Yeah, I did listen to Derek um, in college, and he actually came to my campus to do a performance. Um, and so I got to meet him briefly. But um, I just recently moved to New York City uh, three months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, right, I'm from Oklahoma. And okay. right before I left there, um, I like the past three months, I just kind of stopped going to church. Mm-hmm. And i growing up in church my whole life, I went to a Christian college. Yeah. I never didn't go to church for, I'm 30, so for 30 years. Mm. Um, and I just kind of felt like, I don't know, I it was like a gut thing and I couldn't ignore it. Mm. And I tried to for a really long time, yeah. like summer, I looked for a church, like I have to, you know, be in a church community before I, I move and I need to be sure to get to a good church community when I get to New York and all this mm. stuff. And um, yeah, I was just like really struggling. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to not go and see how that feels. Mm. And so I didn't. And it was it was tough because my parents are still very religious and I was living yeah. with them. And they, I mean, they weren't like mean about it or anything. They would just kind of ask like, Hey, are you going to go to church? And I would be like, no, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Or no, I'm going to watch it online or something like that. And Mm -hmm. they kind of stopped pushing it, um, which was a relief, but also made me feel like
3: really guilty. Kind of uncomfortable. Cause you know, there's like the elephant in the room of yeah, this, in, yeah. in, in the space. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, of course you want to make your parents proud yeah. and like, I just want them to, you know, be proud of me and know that I'm still okay, even though mm. I'm not going to church. Yeah. Uh, and so that was kind of awkward. And then when I got to New York, I was kind of like, Okay, I kind of like, I had some churches in mind that I was gonna check out and that people had recommended, and I just didn't go. I just mm-hmm. didn't like really make it a practice. And then I was more deliberate about, like, no, I'm not gonna go, and this is why.
1: Mm. Yeah, and, but I, you know, I'm, I'm transgender, yeah. and so, um, it was tough, especially going to a Christian school. Huh. Um, that was talk, very talk much... me through
2: that timeline for you in terms of your own awareness and your own expression of it, and and the point at which you um, were old enough to be able to kind of um, assert that a little bit, and then what, and then how you were, how how did that bear on how you were treated inside of those Christian environments?
1: So. It's it's weird um, given my upbringing. Um, I I always knew I always yep, knew okay. that I I was a woman. I was knew I was a girl, um, but I didn't know that I could do anything about it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, growing up uh, in the church, which must have been crazy-making
2: to feel trapped in your own body. I mean, to feel,
1: or did it feel like that? Um. Yeah, I didn't really know how it felt because I didn't have any way to explain it. I knew Yes. Um you know, I, I think the only time I'd ever seen a trans person as a kid would be on like trashy daytime, you know, like Montel or Maury or something. Ugh, right. Um <laughs> and it was basically like a sideboard. It, it would be thing. it would be
2: like if the only time you'd ever seen a giraffe was at a was at a you know, a, a car <laughs> at a carnival. Yeah, you know, where it's like as a like, here's this glorious, beautiful animal in this fucking insane circus environment. Like that's mm-hmm. that's not realistic. It's not real. It's not. Um, but unfortunately, if that's your initial context, then that's all you know. Um, and the
1: whole idea is, you know, basically they're on, and people laughed at them. And I was like, well, I know I'm a girl, but I'm not that.
2: <laughs> right, right. And I certainly because, don't wish to be treated that way in that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. As you like, at what point did you start to assert that in in a way that where there were there started to be consequences for you?
1: So I started. No, no, it does. Um, I started to assert that in high school. Hmm. Um, One of the things about high school, and really school in general, growing up in Christian schools and Christian church, is there's very much a separation of gender. Um, yes. and boys are supposed to be like this, girls are supposed to be like this that's right. There's yes. a lot of loneliness that's caused by that because I never felt like I had anything in common with any of the uh, of the boys, but like I had things in common with the girls, but you can't you weren't allowed close relationships with girls because that's right. you know it was seen as like, well, you know, you can be friends, but you keep some distance. That's right. Because those gender
2: roles in, in, in churches and in, in those kind in Christian, like in, in, in a Christian school environment, you're right. Like the, the, the gender roles inside the church are so um, patriarchal and, and rigid anyway. So, you know, like all the way to, through adulthood, they're rigid and they're like, they're these clear, you know, roles that many times don't make any sense, even when it comes to teaching and, and the things that women can and can't do and um, by, by that, by those rules. And, and, that, and that's being enforced. I mean, I went to Christian school through about sixth grade, but like that's being enforced early. And so for you, I can't imagine how that must
1: have felt. Yeah, it was, it was lonely. <laughs> yes. Um, and... Now I started to realize um, I was trans. Probably near the end of high school, I, I didn't really know I was. Tr- I, I didn't still didn't know even through all of high school. I had no idea transition was something possible for me. Um, but right. I started getting into more like, gender nonconforming things because that seemed closer to what I understood. Yes. I got really obsessed with David Bowie. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's and, so good. <laughs> and I just remember. I remember a lot of people who I grew up with thinking that stuff was weird. I grew. I even went as David Bowie for Halloween one year, which was a big moment for me. Yes. because um, I get to, in some way, express my gender, even though it was a very, you know, androgynous mixed version of it. That's what they um, say.
2: You know, like was it was it was it um, Picasso or somebody who said, you know, when you you give a man a mask and he tell you the truth, and I think when you give someone, not a disguise, but a something that they can try on and I mean that figuratively even Mm -hmm. it allows you to suddenly experiment and it allows you to maybe discover that oh wow like this I feel more myself as not myself than I ever have (laughs) do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean so I bet bet that was a fascinating
1: experience it was and it opened up this world for me Um, And by this time, I'd started moving away from the church. Um, I I knew they wouldn't be crazy about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up. I'm also, I'm also, I'm not, I'm trans. I'm also bi as well. I knew my attraction to, at the time, you know, same-sex relationships Mm -hmm. um, was was a problem. Um, And I was tired of feeling alienated um my family is still really christian mm. um very very religious um and coming i basically realized if i was going to do this and feel comfortable that i had to distance myself from all that
4: right um wow. and you know even
1: when i did i didn't come out as trans until um, last year uh, august mm. um so I've only been I've only been full-time for six months hmm. um I transition started transitioning b- about six months before then but um you know my family was not crazy about it <laughs> right right and a lot of it was because of religious reasons my brother um called me and uh when he when I when he had heard because I didn't tell him my dad wanted to tell him because he didn't think it was appropriate for me to tell the rest of the family um really uh, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, the that's worst your that's, I mean, that's your story to tell. But was was I he? Know. Huh. He wasn't awful about it, but he was just like, I think it'd be better if it came from me. <laughs> uh, and so my brother called me um, when I came out um, last year, uh, basically crying, and told me that um, he was so upset because he now knows that when we die we're not going to the same place oh my god right I was like how do you know that
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh man
0: Felt like I just needed like a cleansing of yes. like not going to church and not even like not even like listening to Christian music because <laughs> I realized like I had like kind of a knee-jerk reaction sometimes when my songs are on shuffle to like if a, if like a church song comes on I'll just be like oh and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like it, it's it's because of those feelings of obligation.
3: Yeah. Yes, that yeah. You
0: know, we're like right under the surface every time I listen to a church song or mm-hmm. every time I went to church or every time I felt like I had to have quiet time.
3: Where it's reminding you of either... A sp- a a specific way you felt when you were in a space or it's reminding you of a way that you related to yourself when you were inside of a religious space or the types of thoughts that you had, which for me, a lot of those thoughts when I was in religious spaces were about how bad I was or about how evil I was or how much I couldn't trust myself. And so you're right. There's like a body memory experience of whenever a lot of times uh, Spotify, bless its sweet little heart, will try and like make a playlist for me of like Uh new, new tunes that came out. And every now and then some Christian Hillsongy thing will pop up Uh on there and I'm like,
0: Oh no, Oh God, I'd have to skip it. It's always Hillsong. And I'm like, it's
3: always Hillsong (laughs) and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a brat about it. I really, I, something happens to my body. I get kind of panicked and a little sweaty and I feel a little strange and lightheaded and, and that's, that's a very, that's a very real experience. Yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrote a blog post about this and I actually mm. cited, um, uh, the airing of grief podcast because oh. my friend, sorry, I'm, I'm, coming on around to that part. Yes. Um, I was just struggling and I was just like, I've never really gone through this before where I mm. didn't want to go to church and like acknowledged it and didn't feel like I was like instantly gonna, like a trap door was going to open and I was yes. going to go. Like (laughs) I've never felt like I'm in a space where like a disaster won't happen Mm -hmm. two sex after that. And so I was just kind of like feeling lost. And um one of my friends who actually like we we've been friends since freshman year of college and we were both raised super religious Mm -hmm. and um she um recommended the Airing of Grief podcast Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know that Eric had come out with with um, with the album mm. I didn't even know that that was like part of it I just started listening and it was so it resonated so strongly with mm. me because people were saying like verbatim what I was feeling
3: Yeah,
0: it was just like oh my gosh I didn't know that I could like feel two things at once yes. like I didn't know and I appreciate that it's people who like some people don't believe in God anymore, or mm-hmm. some people still believe out of obligation and are kind of sorting through that, or some people, like, still believe in God, but don't know how they relate to Him, and yeah. that's kind of where I am right now. Like, yeah. I believe in God, but I don't, mm. that this is the only way to God, Yeah. so I'm like, kind of like exploring that side of it too. And like realizing that God is just so much bigger than like what I've been shown and like all the rules and all of the obligation and all of the terrible things, other Mm -hmm. things with it that people just made up.
3: Yeah. Yes. And it's, I think it's cool that you, that the specificity of what you mentioned that, um, in hearing the voices of other people from the first season where everyone's kind of scattered all across the spectrum of where they are now and even within our production team there's four of us and even within our team we're scattered throughout um, yeah. as far as where we have landed or in a very real sense not not landed and just kind of have held space for ourselves to never have an expectation to land anymore maybe that's okay too um, and and isn't it incredible like the feeling of because I remember early on into my Deconstruction process a few years ago. Um, just how that that pervasive sense of aloneness and just like a deep, deep Mm -hmm. feeling of loneliness. And then the moment you hear one other person, whether you know them or not, or whether it's someone's blog that you read on the internet or, Mm -hmm. you know, a podcast you're listening to, or, you know, a friend who even just tells you about a story that a friend of theirs or an acquaintance of theirs told them, there's Mm -hmm. something that happens in you that releases like a little bit more permission for you to feel okay about doing what you're doing and for you to kind of move away from that belief that that trap door is going to open up underneath you. You're like, I think this might actually be okay. And I think God might actually not be mad at me about this because I think this might be my way to God. At that
2: point, when he was saying that to you, where, where were you with the whole, with that whole idea of with, with generally their presumptions about what happens when you die and what's how, how we all really got here and what's really going on in terms of God. And like, did, did that scare you because you're like oh my god you may be right or were you like actually i'm i'm not i'm not convinced anymore that that's
1: actually how anything works um i mean to be fair it's always scared me um even though i've moved away from a lot of that um that idea was drilled into my head um it's terrifying um
2: Hmm.
1: and the thing i found most frustrating about the modern version of christianity that was taught to me was the idea that God would God would make me, and then punish me <laughs> for yeah. eternity for being myself, for being for being what He made? Yeah, uh, you know that just you, makes you, no
2: sense, right?
1: Yeah, you don't make something and then put it out and then be like, mm, that was shit," <laughs> right? Like it never made any sense to me I didn't think the, the God that. I studied there there was disconnect with that it didn't make any sense that God would do that to yeah. his own
2: creation <laughs> right or that if he would like you know you, if you you wind up kind of hitting up against like the you know that part of Romans where it talks about how God fashioned some vessels for glory and some for destruction and and his glory mm-hmm. and you know and, and I mean it's problematic it's complicated it's a complicated part, you know but it's like there's a part of me that even thinks, well, and even if he does do that, maybe even more so than like, I'm not sure that that's like someone I want to spend any real time with, let alone worship also. Exactly. You know, yeah, I, I don't. I happen I don't not to be convinced that that's true, but if it was true, <laughs> I, I still don't know that I would like That's That doesn't sound like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. That doesn't sound OK to me um no just like you're saying no. i mean i feel the, i feel the same um and i
1: hope that there is a god that that is not what they're like <laughs> yes yes that's right um yeah and, and i don't know it's just frustrating because i grew up in the church my entire life yeah. i um i loved being in the church um and i liked going to church i liked that yeah community. i did too and, yeah,
2: yeah it was a good way to grow up i mean i i for those same reasons you yeah. know
1: and, you know, for all the bad things, like I'm still glad I had some of the experiences I had because of the church, but I feel I, I, I miss, there's a sense of community you get from church. And I feel like now that I've embraced who I am, I feel like the church, even if I wanted to go back the church, probably wouldn't have me back, at least the church as I know it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was the. That's still like the biggest struggle. Like I have to remind myself, like God is not like on pins and needles because I'm not an Yes, <laughs> yes, he's absolutely. Probably way more cool that I'm not because I'm mm. actually like seeking Him in other ways and realizing that He's bigger than like yeah.
3: the boxes
0: that people put Him in. Yes,
3: and and for me, right at the beginning of that deconstruction process, and in my experience was this really interesting. Exposition that occurred, um, I had been having all these physical bodily reactions to being inside of a, a church building and mm-hmm. a church service because I had some trauma that I hadn't dealt with. Mm-hmm. And so it was my body trying to get my attention about, Hey, yeah. babe, I need you to go take care of yourself. So yeah. I remember, um, this one morning I woke up on a Sunday morning and like drudged myself out of bed and be like, okay, I guess I'm going to go to church. And I felt this V- voice, which, you know, at the time I would have said was the Holy Spirit or Jesus or God. And and maybe I would still call it the same thing now, but I, I my, my word for it now would be it was my body, because um, to me, the voice of God and the voice of my body are kind of the same thing. Um, oh. And so I remember hearing this voice, like super excited, like within me, kind of rise up within me, like, let's go to church. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. And the next <laughs> thing I know, I find myself at a waterfall in East Tennessee, because oh. that's what my body meant. <laughs> that's what? what she meant. And that at the time was my experience of, um, well, in the juxtaposition there is that the church I had been struggling to continue to attend at the time started mm-hmm. into this sermon series about how, you know, leaving church is the wrong thing to do, essentially. And they said this thing, um, this sentence that which still just disturbs me to this day deeply, which is, it is dangerous for you to believe that you know what you need more than what Jesus says, which there's so many problems with that oh sentence gosh, in general. So yes. yeah. But what was extra, that what caused that kind of confusion that wasn't really confusion for me anymore because it was information versus experience, mm-hmm. um, the confusion kind of with me or that tension was like, um, well, kind of almost like I'm raising my hand, you know, reluctantly in the back of the class and saying, well, what if Jesus is the one that told me to stop going to church? Yeah. Because that is literally what happened to me at the time. And so just feeling that there was no you know, space for, or permission for that experience to be true. And for that, um, for me to be able to take care of myself in that way, or for me to recognize that Jesus or God, um, in my experience at that, at that time, my understanding of the divine wanted to take care of me in that way to say, Hey, being inside of this building, you're having an adverse reaction. So let's go be in nature. Cause I'm there too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I there's a church that I went to in
0: Tulsa for like 5 years and it ended up being like at first a uh, an answer to prayer and then it was like really I like my eyes started to be opened even more mm-hmm. um and I'm African American and it was a predominantly white church mm-hmm. and I've been in predominantly white spaces my whole life so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a big deal to me um and the pastor was was like a couple of years older than me um and i like you, you know you just sort of like if there's no reason for you not to trust someone mm-hmm. then you're going to trust them right. and especially if they're like a leader or a spiritual leader and he did a sermon series over hard questions and like the mm-hmm. audience could ask um questions and he would answer them live from the stage. Mm-hmm. And one of them was about Black Lives Matter and he just said, "I don't know enough about this, so I'm not going to answer this." And wow. literally like first of all, the the like slide for the series was a photo of a little black boy with his hands up in front <sighs> of a police and so it's like, "Oh my god. If anything else you should have been thoroughly prepared." Yes. to there questions centered around this. And if you didn't feel secure enough, then bring someone from the African-American community in so you can start a dialogue. Yeah. And so absolutely. Like, that was like, and at the time I was kind of like, Oh, that's really shitty that he did that. Yeah. But like being removed from that space. I'm like, Oh, well let's like, look at how he grew up and like, mm. how like a bunch of my friends in the church grew up and just like and not even that I mean like not that that's an excuse but it's just like there were also things like within the church that I'm like I can't trust this Mm -hmm. and so like it was kind of like whatever you're you're saying and a lot of like stuff that he said kind of rubbed me the wrong way and it's like it's because that's his point of view right like Christianity and spirituality. And like, he was very like, no, don't for chop. And like, if you don't forsake the assembly and like, if you feel like you need to stray, then you just, that just means you need to like, lean in closer to community. Pray harder,
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) confess more.
0: That was so much more guilt. Mm -hmm. Like, as I'm wanting to (laughs) quote, forsake Mm -hmm. the assembly, because Mm -hmm. I'm like, you are not like, this is not what I need. Oh, I can't
2: deny anything It's written down in equal Eventually it's bound to be a you was going to be my last question is like, have you, have you found that there is a place that you can sort through and think through and process through what you feel about? Is there a God? If so, who, who is he or it or she or whatever? And, and what is my relationship to them? And like, is, have you found a place that you can process through that in community with people who are willing to love you? Have you, have you found that?
1: No, not really. I, I would love to find that, but I, I haven't. It's one of the most frustrating things about feeling apart, away from, from all that, is I don't have the same hmm. community to work through things like that that I once did. I have my friends, but it's, it's different.
2: Oh. Yeah, because the church, I mean, it's like, the, because churches are groups of people who have nothing in common other than their practice of this belief, Uh And that's kind of what's magic about it when it works well. Is like you, because I'm the same. Um, I I don't have. There's not a space in my life where I, where I am, regularly gather with people who, with whom I have mostly nothing in common with, because, under like what what other circumstances would provide that? The church does, Um, maybe like. When I go to you know PTO meetings at my kid's school, you know we have nothing in common other than the fact that our kids are the same age, and so maybe that. But that's not a place where you're doing life with people, or you're like, you know, spending real time drilling down into each other's stories, and um, and I miss that too. And I and I I often wish, and that's part of why you and I are speaking. That's why you're you know you're so valuable to me, and this conversation is so valuable to me, and um, is because I so desperately want. To recongregate and be able to talk about these things and tell my story, hear your story, and be able to kind of help walk each other home or somewhere. Um, that sounds nice, and I miss that. And 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 how much at this point of a it sounds like this is going to be a rhetorical question, but I was going to ask at this point how much, given your feelings towards. The church as an institution how 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 great is your is your desire even to gather with those people or would you rather just find another group of people who would love you but it but it doesn't have to be the church you know or is there something to be redeemed there for you
1: i'm i'm not gonna say i would never Go back to the church, but as of where I am right now, I've considered looking into like LGBT affirming, but yeah, I, I feel, <laughs> feel really burned by all that. Yeah. Um, having a room full of people is still something I want, but I don't know if the church can provide that in a way that is right for me, yeah. Um, because
2: ironically, and- the, the God that they worship who is supposed to be as we've said the one who made all things and ultimately commands us to love um actually is the same thing that somehow ironically keeps them from being able to fully love you and me yeah sometimes <laughs>
1: um, and yeah and yeah i just want to i want to go back to something you said about this podcast i didn't know about this podcast yeah. except for a few things I'd heard, um, Jamie say on, on, on like social media. Yeah. Um, and so in, when she had mentioned this to me, I listened to a ton of these, mm. um, and it was kind of incredible hearing a lot of the same, um, especially from the few like LGBT people who I'd heard on a couple of the um, yes. episodes. Yes. Um, hearing a lot of the same things, like it reminded me a lot of when I first started, getting to know like other trans people like oh there are people who had other experiences similar to me um which is to say that you're not alone you know you're not um and that because that's
2: the hardest part is Mm -hmm. is i mean the the two real dangers around deconstruction and processing spirituality in hard times is knowing you must do it and avoiding it that's dangerous and then Mm -hmm. going through it but feeling isolated and alone in it that's dangerous and that's really all we're trying to accomplish, is just for people to to really know that they're not alone, and that you're not, and I'm not, um, because here we are. And as you said, there are a lot of stories, and I'm I'm so grateful that you were resonant with some of those stories, and it did help for you to find a little recongregating. Um, it means everything, you know.
1: No, it felt like a true connection with, you know. I, I, people I didn't think I would have a connection with honestly right. like, I, I haven't connected a lot with like other former church people yes um, well because you like know. you said I mean if, if the, the, the
2: risk of betrayal and heartbreak is so high mm-hmm. or the risk of agenda driven love is very high and that's exactly. not what you need and that's not what you deserve um, and so why risk it
3: Yes, because in reality, that's, that showed itself to not be a safe space for you yeah and so it's so disrespectful to oversimplify and say oh well you are you're leaving god if you're leaving our specific space where but the reality of you being in that space is it isn't safe for you because they're coming from a very i mean let's just call it what it is they're coming from a very white supremacist standpoint whether they realize it or not Um, but it is their job to realize it so it's but to then put that put that Put that on you and project that onto you and say, well, it's your fault for not choosing to be here is yeah. incredibly disrespectful and unfair.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, I mean, and that's, that was probably within the last year that I, that I stopped going. Um, and that mm-hmm. was kind of like the turning point because, and yeah. it's so weird. Like I was so afraid of being judged like by my Dumbass hipster friends that I'm not <laughs> with anymore that I'm just like why did I give a shit about what they thought about me but I was just like if I leave then they'll think this and it's just like and then but I mean eventually I left and you know I I went from place to place to place and nothing kind of fit mm. and um I just wondered like why why is this happening like I'm trying so hard mm. to like be close to God and do all this stuff. And, um, it was just, I don't know. It, and they, it was never like a thought in my head to take a break. And I yeah. think thats that's something that is never talked about in church, at yeah. least the church that I've been to right. is like that it's okay to take a break. Yeah. Um, or I mean, of course they wouldn't say this in church or just like not, go to church yeah and it's I mean because it's it's just different for everybody but um yeah it's just it it was it was really difficult and a lot of times I still feel like really lazy and really guilty for not going to church on Sundays but it's honestly like been the best
4: Hmm.
0: experience ever and like a breath of fresh air and like at the beginning I was kind of like okay I'll do this for like a while and then like I'll feel like going back to church and it was just an Oklahoma church thing or like a Bible belt church thing. And then I'll feel like better about going back. And I'm honestly like, I'm such a planner. And mm. So right now I'm just like, you know what? Let's just see where this takes me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so against like <laughs> my instincts and like anything that I usually do, but I have so much peace about not mm. like worrying about, going to church or getting locked into a church community because, um, sorry, one more thing. It's really funny. Um, like the, one of the first weekends I was here, I had made plans to go to church, um, in the city and we were going to a birthday brunch for a friend and, they were like, oh, we're all gonna go hang out after this. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to church. And in my head, I was like, because I really need to like establish like a good community here. <laughs> I was like, I'm literally leaving a group of new friends. Yes. Oh, sit in a church by myself. That's and make so real. Friends.
3: Yeah. Yes. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Oh goodness, it's like you woke funny. up from a coma and you're like wait wait a minute this is not how this works yeah
0: yeah so it's just like oh man like why did i even like think about doing it was just i just had to laugh at myself mm. and be like i have to leave this community so i can go make a christian go find a
3: community. community right yes wow well, thank you so much for for hopping on and, and sharing your story with me. I'm oh, very you. yeah, I'm very excited for you to explore this time in your life and to give yourself that permission and to forge that community, that kind of chosen community, um, and, and safe community and trusted community. Um, and for you to, to learn how to kind of trust that, that voice that exists outside of the building, um, that, you know, as God, because that is, that is God, that is as much God, and maybe even in some sense more God than the God that we were raised to believe God was. So I'm really excited for you. Yeah. Thanks.
2: I'm so grateful, and I and I want you to know that like your story and your voice and your willingness to talk about it is encouraging and strengthening for me. And it is that thing that you felt listening to those first or, or some of those early episodes. Um, your speak, you're speaking now about your story, is is going to do that same thing for people who feel isolated and unknown and disenfranchised in their stories you know the fact that you're brave enough to say i'm still trying to sort this out in light of who i am and this is who i am and this is where i've been wounded but this is where i have hope and this is what i want and hope for um that is invaluable and um and i just can't tell you how much i appreciate your being willing to share it
1: no of course i appreciate I appreciate this. <laughs> yeah, it's nice talking about this. Yes, yes, and I hope we can talk
2: more about it. And I and I hope that you'll, you know, maybe kind of come with us on this strange little journey of virtual recongregating that we're trying to do, you know, on these episodes, and um, you know, and I hope we can speak again. Um, but uh, but thank you, you know, thanks thanks for um, uh, being willing to. To tell, to tell your story and to be caught up in this moment with us and um, to the benefit of a lot of people. I mean, you're brave enough to, to you know, kind of want to talk like publicly about, you know, what you've been through. But there are, you know, for every person who is, there are a lot of people who are not, but who desperately need to hear their voices in the voices of others. And so thank you for the, the way that you're doing that, like right now.
1: No, I, I, I. There was a time where I needed to hear people like you. Yes. So I, yeah, no, I, I completely. <laughs> it's yeah. great. Well,
3: yeah, it was wonderful to talk with you. um Yeah, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
2: Well, listen, let's, uh, thanks so much again. And let's, let's, uh, let's talk again. Uh, we have mutual friends, so I think we'll (laughs) probably, it'll probably happen anyway, but, uh, but so grateful for you. And, um, and let's talk again sometime.
1: Of course. Thanks for talking to me, Derek. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.
4: We want to thank you all for joining us for this episode as we continue to explore these stories and the human experience. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate everyone who listens and who connects with the podcast. For more information about the podcast and team, visit thearingofgrief.com. And to look into supporting the work, you can check us out on Patreon as well. We're on Twitter at Airing on Facebook, and even on Instagram. So wherever you'd like to engage, we would love to hear from you. And patrons, don't forget to download the Slack app if you haven't, and you can get set up to participate in the discussions for our messaging space. Everything is private, and it's a great, safe group of people beginning to recongregate there. That's all for now, but we will see you next week, after church, for the airing of grief.